you can make a blanket promise about, you know, you're going to get more confident when you read this book, or you can drill it down to something a lot more specific, like overcome the terror you feel every time you speak in public. Get over the anxiety about talking about your faith with your friends. You know, just get real specific with what your topic is, how it impacts your audience and the before and after. Mm -hmm. You know, again, people are always buying an outcome. Hey, y'all, I'm Kim, host of Book Marketing Mania, and I'm so thrilled you're tuning in today as my guest is my sweet friend, Lisa Shell of The Relatable Brand. Lisa and I met recently through a collective mastermind within the Called Creatives community. And you may remember I mentioned it in my last episode with Michelle Layer Rahal as we were all in a mastermind together and it was such an amazing and fruitful time for all of our businesses. And if you have been struggling with how to really connect with your target readers on an emotional level so they know that your content or book is just the resource they need, then you will love how Lisa shares about tapping into the need beneath the need that we often overlook. Oh, Lordy, y'all, I struggle with this and learned so much from Lisa, and I can't wait for you to do the same. You're in for a treat today, so let's get to it. Hey, Lisa, welcome to Book Marketing Mania. I'm so thrilled you're here to serve my listeners today. Hey, Kim, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. So y'all heard about Lisa in the introduction and how we connected, but Lisa, I just want you to um, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got started working with businesses on building their brands. Sure. Yeah. So my background is a little bit eclectic, but kind of a, a very recurring theme, and that was communications. So I started my career I hesitate to tell you, but about 30 years ago, mm-hmm. um, working as a copywriter for a promotions company and discovered that I really loved writing. And so I've had experience working with ad agencies, promotion agencies, did some freelance work and had a journalism background with a master's in broadcast and, and journalism. So all along, I was just really discovering that I loved storytelling in any form. Now, back in the day, that was a lot of print stuff, but mm-hmm. eventually it evolved into digital. And my, my path took me to a, a corporate job where I spent about seven and a half years just honing my craft, learning a lot about marketing and brand and having some great experience um, doing business to business and also some business to consumer on the side. And so now I'm working on my own. I've been running my own business now for over three years and that's what brought me here. Yeah, I'm so glad. So I know I get asked this question a lot. And I know, you know, there's probably like a real corporate answer to this. But then I want to hear the Lisa answer to this is <laughs> how do you define a personal brand? It's a great question. You know, there's there's a there's an adage that your brand is what people say you are. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that partially, but I also disagree with it because your brand is also who you say you are when it's your personal mm-hmm. brand. Um, I think it's important to balance both, to think about who you are and what you bring to the world, what your value is, how you benefit people through whatever it is you're doing, your calling, your ministry, your writing. Mm-hmm. But also, it's important that people understand it through their own lens, right? And that's the what they say you are, right? So for me, personal brand is every bit about the way that you're created to be, the person that you are the value that you bring to the world, your spark, whatever makes you joyful, all of those things, but also being able to communicate that to the people that you're targeting in a way that they'll understand. 
Mm. Yeah, that's so important, right? That that we're communicating. I know we've talked about that before, Lisa, just, just that we're communicating in a way that our people, the words that they might be using and that they're going to understand a lot better. And mm-hmm. I love that you talk about having a relatable brand. And mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit more about that. Like, how would you define, you know, just what is that like, you know, this is, so now we know what personal brand is, but now how am I going to have a relatable brand as it, of course, relates to our target readers for my audience? Um, and can you give some examples? Absolutely. The one that I love to talk about is the Dove Real Beauty campaign. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. It's a campaign that's been going on for probably 15, 16 years now. And I love it because it. I, I think it's something that most women can relate to, right? The mm-hmm. Real Beauty campaign is all about just bringing out your natural beauty through Dove products. Now, Obviously, they're trying to sell stuff, but they've done a wonderful job of bringing in stories, especially visual stories of mm-hmm. just just everyday women who are just beautiful because, I mean, Dove is, it's obviously, it's not a Christian campaign, but God has created each one of us perfectly. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And what I love about the campaign is that it really connects to the heart of a woman who's not living the you know, the Photoshopped model life, they're just going Mm -hmm. about their daily business. And there's something just, just very empathetic about that brand that, that makes it relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think you could probably find a a gazillion examples too, just on social media. Like how Mm -hmm. many times have we looked at a meme that's even, that just strikes us a certain way because it resonates, Mm -hmm. you know, just a, a statement that says, I understand you. I get you. I know what you're feeling. I know what's important to you. I know what you think is funny. Those types of statements are relatable statements. And that's what builds a relatable brand. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it's that the times have changed to where it used to be all that really professional, you know, look. And if if it wasn't you professional, it was like, you know, a professional graphic and meme and, and not that those aren't effective nowadays, but I do feel like it is much more relatable, like what you're talking about. Like we get to see real people on, you know, social nowadays and we don't have to be so polished and we can just really connect with our readers that way, right? Because you're, you know, you might be reading a book or reading their blog or listening to their podcast and you're like this, you know, she can relate to my struggle. And then you see them, you know, online and they are relating to your struggle, you know, showing their kids screaming or, you know, the messy (laughs) house and, you know, just work piling up and, you know, trying to do the balance and all that thing. So I love that. Well, I want to ask you, Lisa, too, because I know that you have mentioned this to me before, just the example that Jesus set for us, um, you know, as his relatable brand, too. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah, I I love talking about this. Um, You know, Okay, let's look at Jesus and let's look at John the Baptist for a second, right? John the Baptist was out there. He was selling a message. Mm -hmm. I mean, repent. The kingdom of God is near. Like, this is what you got to do, right? Jesus, I I don't remember hearing him say that very often to a crowd of people. He spoke in stories. Mm -hmm. He spoke in metaphors. And he related really deeply to where his audience was. So if you look at some um, some of his sermons, you know, he uses examples about farmers he uses examples about women who are keeping house. You know, someone if someone loses a coin, she's going to be on her hands and knees searching for that coin. Um, and that's that's how we should be seeking the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. If, you know, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You know, the kingdom of God is. He used a lot of metaphors and stories that people understood. He was meeting them where they were at. And through those stories, people were able to absorb the principles of the kingdom 
And it just kind of like, it's, it's all, it's like that expression, always leave them wanting more. You know, you have someone on the edge of their seat when you're able to speak directly to something that they relate to. Mm-hmm. And he was a yeah. master at that. He's just an amazing example. He's the best example. So yeah, I love that example, Lisa. And um, I know as we, we've also talked about just privately, and I'd love for you just to kind of get into this is just, you know, how hard, like I know for me personally, and for some of our writers and authors listening is just kind of how hard it is to separate or you know, talk about our books in different ways. Like, you know, we we come up with our value statements, like for the back of the book, or, you know, we're talking about products and services we offer. And it's just, it's so easy to just talk about the features. Like this is what, you know, this is what I talk about in my book, or this is what I talk about on my podcast, or, you know, the services I offer. But it's so hard to really get into what we know we should be talking about is really those, you know, the benefits to our readers. Like how is you know, this great list of bulleted items that we talk about, how is that really going to benefit our readers' lives? So can you kind of talk about how that kind of meshes, you know, with our brand so that we are, you know, there, there's there's both sides to it, right? There are the features that we're bringing to our readers of what they can get, but then we also want to really dig into how this is going to like change their lives so that they can kind of connect. And that's that just kind of goes back to that relatable brand like you're talking about, like how can we be better at relating to our target readers? Yeah, you and I um, have had great conversations about that. And I think I'd, I'd love to use your website as an example, because I think you have a great balance there with Kim Stewart Marketing. It's, you know, features are obviously important. You know, it's it, people need to know the nuts and bolts of what you're providing. But there are ways to break those features down into what I call, you know, and what branding people will call functional benefits or emotional benefits. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm just trying to think of a, a quick example. So, you know, you start with an emotional hook, always lead with an emotional benefit in your marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to say, you know, I provide X, Y, and Z, but you always need to be mindful that there are other people who probably also provide X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So what is the emotional benefit that you can uniquely draw out of what you do and provide to your audience. So I think every working mom can probably relate to some degree of exhaustion, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to sell her some kind of specialty coffee brand, you could start with, this is a specialty coffee brand that, you know, has robust flavor and it's, it's sustainably grown and it's, you know, organic and so forth, right? Those are all important features and they're all functional benefits. You're getting a healthy coffee. You're putting something good in your body. You're helping women farmers. But the emotional benefit of what you're selling is, are you tired of dragging around every morning? Mm-hmm. Are you tired of feeling like you just can't wake up until you've been up for three hours? You know, those are, it, it becomes a more personal conversation when you bring an example like that to the table. And so when we're trying to capture someone's attention, that's a hook. It's an emotional hook. Are you tired of feeling like you're slogging through the conversation at the breakfast table? Do you wish that you could be more on top of the conversation with your kids? You know, then you start really getting into what's personally bothering them. And I mean, your listeners probably know a lot of this, right? Because they're writing Mm-hmm. based on a perceived need that they're filling. So it's just a question of, you know, do I start with what I'm selling or do I start with how it's going to benefit the person who's reading my stuff or listening to my stuff? So there's a great example out there about people are not buying what you're selling. People are buying what the outcome is. And mm-hmm. there's a wonderful business book out there 
by Clayton Christensen that talks about, you know, if you go out to Home Depot to buy a drill, mm-hmm. you're not, you're looking at the specifications of the drill. You know that you need a certain size drill bit to hang a picture on the wall. But you're not really buying the drill. You're not really buying the hook to hang the picture. In some ways, you're not even buying the picture. What you're buying is the satisfaction of sitting on the couch and looking at that beautiful picture on your wall. Mm -hmm. So that's the emotional benefit. And it really, like, when you're talking about personal brand, you're talking about your, your business brand, it's super important to, pardon the pun, but drill down into what's really going on. What is your customer really buying? And then, market accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Do you have maybe just a few questions we could ask? It's like, I'm thinking like some of my clients and and friends that have wrote books or they have, you know, different offers, but they maybe talk about like, say you have something that helps you overcome anxiety or gain confidence, you know, like some of these, like I kind of consider them like big categories that a lot of us, um, you know, are, are struggling with, but it all sounds the same out there, right? If you just use those words, it all just kind of sounds the same. And so I know I talk to a lot of my clients about, you know, when they're pitching themselves to podcast, it's like, that might be what you want to talk about is you want to, you want to teach the listeners how to overcome anxiety or how to gain confidence. But I'm always like, okay, well, that sounds good, right? If you were the only one talking about it. But, you know, they may have had a conversation just last week on this topic, you know, with another author that wrote a book about this. So how can we kind of distinguish ourselves, you know, from each other? And, you know, what kind of angle do I bring to the conversation? And I think this is such an important piece of that. Like, how can you really zone in on um, the benefits you know, that I'm going to get in my life, I should say, when I overcome these battles, but how, how can we get to that point of using some different words, you know, than just the, the main word we see everywhere in the media, you know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? That question? I'm just trying to figure out how, how can we do a better job of, of drilling down and finding what are those words? Cause like, I know, like with my audience, a lot of them have written nonfiction books. They've gone through this struggle. God's, you know, been on this journey with them and gotten them through this you know, struggle and maybe it's anxiety or confidence or, you know, whatever the struggle may be. So they're coming at it from their, you know, their story of what they've been through. So I think sometimes it's, it's, you know, once you get to a certain point, it's hard to look back and remember, like, what were those feelings I was having back then? You know, so is is there any little exercise we might could uh, practice when we start thinking through that to try to figure out what words would be best to connect with our readers? That is a fantastic question. I love you making this point because you're absolutely right. Like confidence is such an overused word now. Um, and, and the big issues while we're trying to, we're trying to knock those down, you got to do it in bite-sized pieces, right? So, okay. So let's just use confidence as the example. Mm -hmm. It's about the drill down. It's about how well you know your audience. And this is where audience, audience connection really happens is drill it down to concrete examples mm-hmm. of when you weren't feeling confident or when someone in your audience isn't feeling confident. You know, what's the opposite of confidence? What's the situation that your ideal person finds themselves in? Your reader is struggling with X, Y, and Z in the confidence area. Mm-hmm. So your promise, you can make a blanket promise about, you know, you're going to get more confident when you read this book, or you can drill it down to something a lot more specific like overcome the terror you feel every time you speak in public Mm -hmm. or 
get over the anxiety about talking about your faith with your friends uh-huh. or, you know, just get real specific with what your topic is, how it impacts your audience and the before and after, mm-hmm. you know, again, people are always buying an outcome. They're always buying a result. It's not just confidence that's, that's, they're not thinking in, in some cases, and Kim, you had mentioned this when we talked earlier, it's sometimes not even occurring to them that they're not confident. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. That word doesn't always resonate. Same yeah. with anxiety. Um, I'll tell you something. I went about 25 years experiencing anxiety before I actually was able to identify and name it as anxiety mm-hmm. because it was manifesting in other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel reluctant to talk to people in a group? Do you feel um, nervous every time the phone rings? I mean, you know, so getting down into the subject area and the beauty of this is, right, your listeners are experts in their subject matter. Mm-hmm. So they really get it. Just be sure to pull those things out in your marketing. And and what ends up happening is like all of this comes together and builds an empathetic brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. If marketing is about people knowing, liking, and trusting you, then they have to know that you understand them because that's the first step to building trust. Mm-hmm. If your messaging says indirectly to somebody, I get you, mm-hmm. I understand you, I'm in your head, I'm in your heart, and I'm here to help, that builds enormous trust and a person is much more likely to receive what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. And like you were saying, I know we've talked about this a little bit because like I was thinking, you know, again, we hear these words, and like you said, you were dealing with anxiety, but you didn't know, you know, you don't, that, that, that word wasn't registered in your mind, right? As, as you weren't looking for help for anxiety because you didn't know. And I think about that with confidence too. Like we don't just get on the computer and Google, how can I get more confidence? Because we may not even know that whatever we're struggling with, it's because we don't have confidence or don't have self-esteem. So I think, and I think about, I mean, it's a great lesson. I'm just, of course, this is why I loved having you on, Lisa, because it's helping me, you know, like I know for me too, like I love talking about podcast guesting, you know, I mean, I love talking about book marketing. I love talking about marketing, anything, but I forget sometimes like it's kind of over people's heads in some ways, if they're not even at that point, like they're just like, Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to write my book and build a, you know, build my audience, or maybe I'm just trying to promote my book, but I don't realize what podcast guesting is, you know, like I don't, I'm not talking about that yet. So I think I have to remember that, you know, like just who are we trying to connect with and, and where are they at and what are the words that they're using, which I love that this is definitely your gifting Lisa. And I'm so, so glad you're here to talk to us about it all. So let's talk about, um, you know, kind of, kind of some ways, you know, like as we start kind of thinking through, like what I was talking about, like in my mind, I just kind of want, to, want to come up with some exercises, but, you know, as we kind of drill down to what are those words that our readers are going to relate to. And I know sometimes it's been helpful for me to like just to get on a quick Zoom call with my target audience and just ask them questions, you know, to kind of hear how they put things into words, because I'm always amazed by that. But do you have some other ways that maybe um, our listeners can put into practice? It's not going to take a lot of time, but just maybe put into daily or weekly practice where they can go somewhere and try to find out how are my target readers talking so I can maybe um, use some of those words in my marketing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question. And I love talking about this because there are so many ways we can do this. One example that I always, well, first of all, let's start with the most obvious. If your uh, listeners have, Mm -hmm. if they've got an email list, just do a very simple survey and ask the questions that you need to ask to get to the bottom of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, um, how they react to certain, you know, certain marketing messages, 
Um, there are lots of ways that you can dice this, but if you have a trusted base of people who are already listening to you, reading your newsletter, you know, following you on, on social media, what have you, that's a great place to start. Or you can start with, if you don't have an email list, you can start with just a group of people who you trust, mm-hmm. who are sort of in that target audience. And yeah, they could even be like your biggest cheerleaders, but just ask them for honest responses. If you prefer to do it a little more personally, I mean, I've had people request me um, for 20 minutes on the phone and you mm-hmm. can ask them the questions live. I've done that with friends as well and colleagues. Um, and that's super helpful. So that would be one option. Another option is look at authors that you admire or feel a connection with on social media. Look at what they're saying that's striking the right note. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell that by the comments, right? So mm-hmm. dig into those comments. If you share um, share an audience with an author that you admire, that's a great place to go. You know, just just take note of the reactions. What mm-hmm. what are people saying? You know, yes, I totally feel this way. Or oh, thank you for putting into words what I couldn't say. You know, you see a lot of those types of comments. You yes. know that person's on the right track. There's no shame in. I'm not encouraging plagiarism by uh-huh. any stretch. Yeah, but yeah. there's no shame in imitating, right? They say imitation is the best form of flattery, and mm-hmm. there's very little being written out there that is completely 100% original. Mm-hmm. So if you see an idea that makes sense and you think, you know, this could be good for my readers, well, it probably is going to be good for your readers. And mm-hmm. think about how you can sort of, you know, meld that message into your platform. Mm-hmm. That's another uh, another way. And then what are your own readers or social media followers saying? I mean, that's also very important. If you've got a decent Instagram following, or if you're writing something, you know, that's, that's business focused and you're on LinkedIn, you know, pay attention to how people are interacting with your posts. Cause that's also very valid and very relevant to what you want to be saying back to them. The key is voice of the customer. Mm-hmm. You, we can say one, one sentence, many different ways. Mm-hmm. It's really important that we plug into what our audience is saying, the words that they're choosing. And then reflect those back to them because then they're going to be like, wow, this person speaks my language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And and it is. Yeah. So helpful. And then I um, so appreciate you saying just, you know, put it into your own words because even though, yeah, there's nothing really original anymore out there, but it's like somebody may have said something a little differently than you normally talk to your followers. I think just putting your own little spin, but just being inspired by, you know, what someone else has posted and what you're reading in the comments. I think it's such a great way because of course, social media, you know, everybody just says whatever they want in those comments. So, <laughs> but you can really tell like when a, and when a post has gotten a lot of reaction, even if they're not speaking a lot of words, then you're going to definitely want to look at how, you know, the person on the video or post um, might have spoke some words. And I think for our audience too, looking on Amazon at book reviews, you know, like books that are in your same category and just seeing, you know, the good and bad reviews, right? The good ones of what they loved about the book or the bad ones if they felt like, you know, this book didn't didn't quite come across the way it was represented, you know, like not, not in a bad way, but you know what I mean? Like it just didn't help me in this struggle or it was, you know, I liked it, but it was missing this one piece. I think that's really valuable information. So, oh my gosh, Lisa, this has been so good to help our listeners build a relatable brand. And I would love to just um, find out where you recommend everybody connecting with you online because I know they'll want to maybe schedule their own 20 minute calls with you or, you know, just get some help with you to help them build a relatable brand. I appreciate that, Kim. And I so appreciate being on today. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. I, I'm constantly learning from you. So this has been, you know, <laughs> oh, a great same experience for you too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you for asking. Um, yeah. Your uh, listeners can find me on my website and um, got some free resources there for them and uh, perfectly open to hearing from them and would love to connect. So. Okay, great. I will definitely put those in the um Show notes for sure. Did you mention LinkedIn? 
I know you're on LinkedIn. I'm also on LinkedIn. Okay, yes. good, good. Well, I will definitely put links to all those so everybody can connect with Lisa. Well, thank you again for your time today. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, y'all, I hope this conversation with Lisa inspires you to dig deep into the felt needs of your readers and cut through the noise with words that truly connect with them as you create content online. Be sure to check out Lisa's website and book a call with her to get some help creating a relatable brand that's unique for your book or business. Thanks for tuning in today. And as always, I'll be there for you to help you build your audience and market your book one podcast at a time. See you then.